When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I'm Rich Levine. Uh, Michael Pina is off again today, but for very good reason. You can read Mike covering the NBA bubble over at GQ. Be right, is it GQ.com? I should have checked that beforehand, but it's got to be GQ.com. Yes. Backslash sports. He's got great stuff up already. Uh... He, I believe, interviewed Damian Lillard for them uh, last month and already has, I think, a 50 prediction column. 46. Inclu- 46, I'm sorry. I was hoping it was 50. But <laughs> it was a good one about Jason Tatum in there as well. So definitely go check it out. Super excited for Mike. Yes, congratulations. Great game. Um, and B. Rob, we're recording this on Thursday. Tonight, the NBA is officially back. Tomorrow night at Disney World, the Celtics restart the season on national TV. 6.30 p.m. Uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to talk about that. We're going to make some predictions, play some games, have some fun. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That is at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to Bet Online and B-Rob. We're going to do a, a preview, but just for these first eight games, right? Because we don't know what the hell is going to happen. We don't know what this is going to look like. We don't know what any of these teams are going to look like. So we're going to do a, an eight-game regular. Is it the regular season? Is that what we're calling it? It's seeding games, and I'm going to have to challenge you on that. I I learned a lot about how the Celtics' third team matched up against the Houston Rockets (laughs) on Tuesday night. Apparently, playing a center against the Rockets is a bad idea. And that was was 30% of the Celtics' roster, so they had it kind of... It was pretty funny, actually. Brad was asked about, you know, whether he's worried about the three-point defense after that game, and he's like, yeah, I'm not really. Like, I played Taco Fall at center for 20 minutes. I'm not worried about... (laughs) Or uh, perimeter defense. It was fun to be able to watch Harden and Westbrook play like without having to worry about what was actually happening because they're playing, like you said, are not even the second team, but the third team, Celtics. Uh, so it was nice. But I don't know. It's like kind of like a, like a, a, a gift to the Rockets to let them get loose like that in one of these games. Sure. I mean, that's fine. The Celtics don't have to see them again, so they can well know, enjoy. Not, or not we'll until, see. Not until September. I, I think the Celtics have a better chance of going deep in the Rockets, but that's a story for their day. Can I tell you something interesting I heard mm-hmm. uh, last week? That I heard that internally, the Celtics are more worried about getting out of the East. I mean, clearly, like you got to get out of the East before you can play the, the, the West team anyways. But they seem pretty sure that if they can get out of the East, that they're going to win the West. I believe that because look at their matchups with the Clippers and the Lakers this year which I think are the two clear-cut favorites out West, the Celtics were right there in both of those matchups, and I don't think they were even at full strength for a bunch of those. So and you're fighting, I agree with you that. Take, and you take home court advantage out of it, which is right. you know, obviously where they, where they lost uh, against the Clippers. Um, but yeah. It's like, I, it's like a couple years ago. It's like if the Celtics got the, the Warriors in the finals, that's, that would have been great because <laughs> they, they can right. beat them out there. I mean, I'm kidding, obviously. But, that's, but they did play the, the Warriors pretty well. They did. 
So, so, so clearly, our, our our lead on this on this preview of the the seeding games is that the the twenty eighteen Celtics are better than the twenty eighteen uh, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the big reason I they said is because I mean uh, above all else that you've mentioned is that Brad Stevens versus Frank Vogel, Brad Stevens versus Doc Rivers. That's where they thought the the difference is gonna is gonna happen. But okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do ten over unders. We're gonna make this preview for the seeding games pretty quick. 10 overrunners, maybe two, three minutes uh, conversation each. And then we're going to hit all eight games and give our predictions for that. I like Should it. Should we get started? Let's roll. Okay, so I'm going to go first. We'll, we'll, we'll alternate these overrunners. My first one for you. Celtics this season, overrunner on 20-point scorers over these next eight games. Two and a half. So are they going to get the three, three guys averaging 20 points a game? During the bubble? Mm-hmm. Under. You're getting two... Uh, I think it's only this is because Kemba Walker's minutes limits, which is only going to be twenty minutes for uh, Friday night, but uh, that's going to go up. But he's not going to have a chance to get twenty points in most games because of that. So you're looking at Hayward, Tatum, and Brown, and I just don't see all three of those guys getting there. I think two of them are going to get there, uh, Tatum and one of Brown and Hayward, which but. I mean, the early returns say Brown, but Hayward actually plays better on the road um, if you look at his splits. So I he's do wonder whether neutral, the... He's got the best neutral splits. Exactly. You know, if you go back to the NCAA tournament, much better oh. than Jalen's. <laughs> um, That's true. <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, I do think that he is someone who could thrive in that kind of you know unique environment that's down there. And I thought he looked really good in that, uh, you know, stretch of the Sunday's game in the second and third quarter where he had 17 points in, in 12 minutes. So it, it's going to come down to who gets the shot attempts for me, like who and who has it going in certain games. But I'm going with the under there. You don't think Marcus Smart might pull off a 20 points per game average? Uh, just in field goal attempts, but not, <laughs> not points. 20 field goal attempts a game, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm going under two. I mean, if if and I agree because Kemba is not – they're going to be treating this – the next eight games are just like a prep for the playoffs. I mean, which tells you something about the Celtics priorities in general, which you can't really disagree with, but it would be a thing of beauty if somehow all three wings, if Jalen Tatum and Gordon were all, were all able to average more than 20 points a game. Just don't see it happening. It's going to be close, but uh, I'm going to go with the under on that. Okay. All right, let's move on Take to next one. This is a, uh, I was thinking about how do you could, we could integrate the bench into one big question here. So I came up with this because I think this is going to be the most uh, pertinent stat for them. Over, under, three-point shooting percentage for Celtics non-core players, which would or non-five best players. And the over, under number is 35%. Okay. So, I mean, if, if we go based on the regular season, you know, Shemi and, and Watermaker were the only ones to, to, to top that. Right, right. Of the guys right. we're talking about, clearly Grant Williams had a tough start. Like if we take his, his splits, I could check, you know, what he was shooting at. What what was the total number for him? Was it zero for twenty four, zero for twenty five? I think it was zero for twenty five to start the season. Right. Um. I mean, even Carson average was thirty. But now we're talking about the neutral court. We're talking about a couple games that are. It's gonna. I mean, you talk about the the Wizards game. You talk about the the Nets game. Those are really gonna feel like summer league games. Um. I'm going to go under still. I mean, again, like if they can somehow do it, I'd be more interested in what they're going to do in the playoffs. But um, 
I'm going to say it's like 32%, not quite what we need, but maybe enough, maybe if it's a few guys, right? So who's actually going to have a chance to, to contribute here? We're talking Shemi, uh, Brad, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford. Yeah, I think that's the main competition right now. And I do think a big factor in this 35% is going to be Daniel Tice too. Um, since sure. he was down, I think he's down to was 32% for the season, but had a pretty hot February where, and he's he is capable of doing uh, much more than that based on his numbers last year from deep. And so it's going to be, you know, I think whoever hits that open three consistently, that's the guy who's going to get regular mins in the postseason. And there, it's not going to be clear yet. I think, like you said, Wanamaker and Ojale have the inside track based on their track record, but neither of those guys are strong enough to where, you know, they're not going to have their minutes yanked if uh, things go sideways. Real quick on Grant Williams before we move on. October in four games shot 0% from three-point percentage. In November in 13 games shot 0% from three. Uh, December was up to two, to 278. And then in January and February, played 16 games in January, uh, shot 42.9% from three. 12 games in February at a, at a clean 40%. So, you know, He's the one I think that we got to count on the most, and we started this off by talking about potential matchups in the Western in the in the NBA Finals. Uh, clearly, that's going to have to happen if there's any shot of the Celtics making it that far. No question, he is. When you're facing the Bucks, the Raptors, he's the guy. If they play him at small ball five, he's the guy that they're going to leak off of, and he has to make them pay. And good signs for him in that Houston game, and at, in that OKC game. Brad Stevens said his six minutes at center were the best six minutes they played throughout those scrimmages so far. So wow. that's a, a a pretty good sign, I'd say, in terms of where he stands in the rotation. It's so crazy. He, he's, he's he's the center. But, I mean, you wonder some of these matchups, like against the Bucks, how, is there going to be a chance to do that? Against Philly, is there going to be a chance to do that? I mean, there'll be a right. chance, but will they do it? I right. guess that's what we wait and see. Um, okay, next one. We talked a little bit about Kemba and how they're going to treat him moving forward in these next eight games over under on games played by Kemba Walker uh, over under is five and a half. This is a great number by you. Great odds. Cause you got to figure, you figure he's skipping the Nets game on the back to back. He's skipping the wizards game, the last game right. of the season. So will there be another game missed? I guess that's what it comes right. down to. That's the question. And I think I'm going to go over here because they're keeping his minutes down. And that makes it easier to get to those six games and wanting to build the rhythm in the time he is on the floor. With that said, it's I could very easily see the number three C be completely wrapped up by game five and really having those last three games be meaningless, in which case they should rest him for two of those and make sure he's fully maximized going into round one. But for now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's still going to be some doubt in either direction. Um, for those last couple games, so I'm going to go over. I'm going to take the under, I, the, for, mostly for the reason that you just said. Those those last three games, and again, when it's only, and I guess it depends on what's going to happen with Indy, what's going to happen with Philly uh, underneath the the Celtics. But um, I just think that those last three games have a potential to really. I mean, obviously that Wizards game is going to mean nothing, and the Magic kind of stink, and the Grizzlies are going to be playing hard. They might have a lot to play for, but it just might not be worth it for the Celtics. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that it's like four or five games. I'm going to take the under. All right, next up, Brad Stevens. Over, under, technical fouls in during the bubble seating games. The, it is 
That's an easy one for me. One. That's over. I know. I, I mean, thought about going one, but yeah, it's it's. So there are a few things. I mean, you wonder what's gonna like, the refs aren't gonna be as affected by the by the crowd, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, I'm sure there are studies that that have been done on this, but like certainly there are some refs that seem to react a little bit differently uh, depending on the home crowd. So that's gonna be out. Uh, there's the fact that Brad seems to be very upset that the coaches are still forced to wear suits. You know, I think you said he had made a, a big push to. Uh, no, I think they're not. They're not gonna. Oh, they're not like, wearing suits now. Like in general, they have to. But in Orlando, they're 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 not gonna have to wear them down there. Oh, that he wants it to he be. Was... He wants it to be around the clock thing. Oh shit! Okay. Well, if I, I so I was gonna say that he'd be a little bit uncomfortable in his suit, and that would maybe <laughs> get him a little bit more frustrated and annoyed in general, and more likely to get. But if he's gonna be more relaxed, I'm still gonna say one. You know, I think there's going to be a moment he might need to, because again, it's just so strange. And this is as we're going to eventually talk about this Milwaukee game on Friday, like the intensity watching at home, you're obviously going to feel it, you know, I guess, but it's just going to be so different for those, for those guys. Like this game was supposed to be in Milwaukee, right? Probably like the most contentious, uh, one of, I mean, other than Philly, probably the most contentious atmospheres the Celtics are going to face this season. Uh, and now it's just in a relatively empty gym and, the Bucks are not going to be playing as hard, probably as as the Celtics. The Bucks don't need this as much as the Celtics do. Um, but anyways, I, I'm I'm going to go. Uh, I'm still sticking with the over. What do you say? Here's my question: If you're a head coach in the NBA now, don't you have to th- rethink how you're working the refs now because they can hear everything in these arenas? Yeah, but it's probably a lot. So there's going to be and, a, the, 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 and the delay, right? There's going to be a delay, but everyone can hear your conversation across the floor it's things are going to carry and for that reason i'm going under here i think brad stevens is going to be very careful but who's going to hear it when you say people are going to hear it who no just <laughs> you know the, the ref across the floor oh. it's going to be easy it's you're going to have instead of one pair of ears you're going to have three and if one of the other refs here you going hard against them they're going to come to bat for their guy and, and tee you up quickly and I think it's going to be, I think it'll be more of an issue for the players too. That's going to get, you know, more contentious easily. But I do think that head coaches are going to have to be careful in terms of how much talking they want to do, because when you yell half the time, it gets drowned out by the crowd, but now everyone hears it. And some, some refs could have a short fuse after being in that bubble for a couple months. And, oh yeah. Know, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point too. Yeah. The refs are going to be extra agitated as well and uh, yeah it, it, it's interesting we'll see because maybe like they won't be as as prideful because there won't be they won't be shown up in front of the fans because there won't be any fans um anyways let's move on uh over under on celtics to test positive for covid 0.5 under feel probably better about this than most any other team in the nba right now the celtics it just seems like they've been disciplined from the start you, you just noticed the amount of of guys that have had to go in and out of the bubble um, on other teams due to family issues or, you know, contracting COVID. I think a lot of it is, you know, obviously random, but it seems like the the good teams, the disciplined teams, you know, they, the ones with championship aspirations, they've kind of maintained their focus um, and putting, not putting themselves in any kind of, you know, risky situations. So based off of that, I just think that you know, and how well things are going so far in the bubble, where there's been no positive tests two weeks in, it's still a long way to go. But um, the odds say under for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. 
Uh, you know, we can't be shocked by anything, but the way things are going right now, it seems like they're 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 pulling this thing off nicely. We'll see what happens, uh, you know, later next month when they start having the families back in and all that. But uh, for right now, it's for, and we're talking about these next eight games. Seems like the NBA is going to be able to keep this under control. You know, knock on wood. We'll see what happens, but I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there and go with under. Uh, okay, next. Next up, let's go with Jason Tatum. Free throws attempt per game is the the line is five over or under to you, Rich. I'm going over. Um, I think that I think we're gonna. I think that's the you know obviously will be one of the next steps in his evolution as a superstar. A guy that can consistently get to the line a ton and uh, and who will consistently you know draw those fouls. He will take it to the to the to the hoop. Um, you know, I just think that there are going to be times, especially like, you know, when we see these traps and these double teams and, and as Tatum is sort of faced with more, you know, variation or where he's going to have to work harder to get his, his hoops, he's also going to realize that, okay, I'm going to have to work harder to get some easy hoops, to get some free throws. Um, and what did he, so he was at 4.7 uh, last year or, you know, earlier this year. Um, and I'm going to check his, his splits. On the, at the moment, do you know what they were, sort of, and his uh, and during his the breakout stretch down the stretch. There? No, I don't, but I'd imagine he he got five and a half to six post All Star break. I'd have to look it up right now, but I would have to guess it's somewhere in that range because he wasn't, you know, finishing well at the beginning of the season, or at least I know for his field goal attempts. Uh, yeah. So nine. What, can you do ninety-one divided by twelve in your head? Seven ninety-one divided seven point six. In, in February and those yeah, nice job. So he was seven point seven point five eight a game in those in those twelve in February, um, and then a little a little bit down in the four games in March. But so so we see we have it, you know, we see when he's when he is working it the way he needs to work it, he is going to get to the line that much, um, and I think he's also going to get a little bit more respect, respect from the refs now. You know, I think that that this break and his sustained you know narrative as a as a budding superstar is going to carry over into the minds of the refs a little bit and, and that he will get the uh, benefit of the doubt on some calls. So I'm going over. What about you? I'm going to go under because I think he's going to lose some shots that he was getting in February when Kemba's back. Um, Again, it's, that's not going to be for the totality of these uh, seating games, but enough of them where his just volume is going to take a hit there. And based on what, I've seen in these scrimmages, which, you know, it doesn't mean a ton, but there he's getting a lot of bodies thrown at him in the lane, and he wasn't getting the benefit of the doubt from the refs in those situations. He he has to, like you said, I think he's gotten more respect from the refs, especially since he's kind of lost the putting his hands up every time he doesn't get a call act. Like, I think that's probably has helped him um, in terms of, you know, getting the benefit of the doubt from those guys, obviously, as well as how strong his play was in the last two months of the year, but... I think it'll be hovering right around five, but I'm going to take just a dip under it. And the more the more we talk about this, the more excited I am to see how this bubble affects the referee. Because you know, and again, we get eight games till the playoffs start. But no, no matter how hard you try to avoid it, every year in the NBA playoffs, the refs are such an issue. There's there are so many bad calls. There are so many just poorly ref, uh, officiated games in general. The refs become a story. And I just wonder with some of the pressure off and some of the spotlight off, without the, having to deal with the fans and do that, how is that going to affect their impartiality or, or just consistency uh we'll wait and see but um just another interesting storyline okay over under marcus smart three point attempts over eight games 
I'm going to set the over-under at 50. So that's 6.25 a game. Do you want to know what the Celtics are hoping for, or do you want to know what the would actually be? Uh, I want the, uh, what, the Celtics, what are the Celtics hoping for first? Uh, the Celtics are hoping for under, and I think it is. Now thinking about it, I think it is going to be under. He has made a lot of strides in his three-point game over the last two years. The shot quality has improved. I think he's taking roughly 60% of his shots during the season are coming from three-point range these days. Um, but I think with a full supporting cast back, I think his shot volume is going to go down closer to what we saw last season when he was more of a facilitator and uh, you know opportunistic shooter when he's open rather than someone who's seeking out his own shot. He should not be taking more than... 10 shots per game when everyone is healthy in my mind um a bunch of those can be threes but i don't think it'll be more than you know six a game so he played in 53 games in the regular season and how many of those do you think he shot 10 or more six 11 oh my gosh <laughs> so in that game he when he when he hit he hit 11 in that one game against Phoenix right he had he one. Broke the record right. he shot he took 22 22 three-pointer attempts and only 25 total field goals. That's something else. And he was um, the only, which was fine for that game because he was the only one who hit shots in those games. But I, I do think now, I wonder what it's going to be like when, again, he is, um, when he has a full supporting cast around him. Right, again, because there's no Kemba in that game. Uh, there's also no Jalen Brown in that game. Uh, so yeah, we hopefully we'll never be maybe in that maybe in that the Nets game or the or the Wizards game. They let Marcus get all his three pointers out. He can get all fifty out uh, in one game. I'm going to take the under too. Um, I think it'd be close. You know, I think there will be stretches. I think there will be games where maybe two or three games where he's over the over the seven barrier. But I think there will be a few like uh, that Phoenix game the other night when he had zero, um, or maybe two or three to bring it down a bunch. Uh, all right, next. Next up, uh, over under Romeo Langford non-garbage time appearances in the Orlando bubble during seeding games. The over under, let's go three and a half. So will he appear in half of the Celtics games? So you yes. know he's playing against Brooklyn. We know he's playing against Washington. He's probably going to play against Memphis as well. So that, that's three. Um. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to go over. I'm going to say he plays four, maybe even five games. Because I told you, I think that they would like, they, they got to start to get him ready, right? If, if And I mean, we talk about the fact that Gordon is going to be gone in September for a little bit. We don't know yet what games those will be, but pretty sure they will be pivotal games. They need to start grooming all three, uh, Grant, Romeo, and Shemi. They need to be ready and in the mentality to have to play in, in games that matter. So why not start now? Because again, I, and I, we'll see what happens. But I really, would you be shocked to see the Bucks? I mean, there's no way the Bucks are going to come all out on Friday night. You wouldn't think so. No, no chance. They're gonna. I'd be shocked if anyone plays more than you know 32, 33 minutes in that opener for them. Right. Like, the way that would probably be a season things. high for Giannis. But right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, even that might be a stretch, like you said. So what do you say? Um, yeah, I'm over. I think you're dead on, Rich. The you have to find out what you have in Romeo right now for the before the playoffs arrive. And this is a great time to do it in not completely 
no pressure games, but just a mix of whether these games are matter or not. And there are some matchups where he makes sense for them against quicker perimeter guys when, you know, Shemi might have trouble chasing a guy on the perimeter. Romeo might be better in that role. Or if Brad Roundmaker can't get his three-point shooting in order, okay, maybe you bring in Romeo there and just have Smart handle the point with the bench unit. So there's going to be chances. He looked good against OKC. He looked okay against Houston. Really didn't do too much in that game. But um, I think he's he knows his role in these games, and the defense is what the Brad Stevens is going to be looking for first, and he brings that to the table consistently. Okay, this is my last one. So you have one left as well? Uh, yes. Okay. Over-under on Ennis Cantor minutes per game in the seeding games. His regular season average was 17.5. I'm setting the over-under at 17.5. Is he going to play more or less than he did in the previous regular season? I'm going under. Mm. I just think that while the Celtics would probably like him to be averaging over, um, if he shows he can handle it on defensive end, I don't think he's going to be up to the task on that front. Since there's a lot of tough matchups with plenty of bigs that shoot a ton from the perimeter and the Celtics are going to be trying to hide him in those matchups. So he'll get his chances off the bench in the first half. Um, but I, I see Brad Stevens really tightening things up. And um, if, especially if he's not bringing it on the offensive end with his offensive rebounding and, and put backs around the basket, then it's hard to justify him out there with his defensive liabilities. Yeah, for some for some reason, I think I'm going over, and I and I can't disagree with anything you said, but I just think just given the nature of these games, that's not going to be life or death for the Celtics. You know, there are going to there is going to be still a sense of like preseason volume two, I think, and we'll see what happens with the other scenes. We'll see where where they're at come you know the final three games or whatever it is. But I don't know, and it seems like Cantor's in pretty good shape because he seems like he's he's doing better than he had previously. Uh, I just and I don't think he's going to play much more than seventeen and a half, but I could see him getting close to, to twenty a game. There also might be games where he plays seven, which obviously kill, kills your average in a in a in an eight game uh, pool. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say close, but I'm going to say he plays a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if I'm wrong on that one. All right, last one here over under. Gordon Hayward field goal attempts per game. The number is 14. Hmm. I'm going to say I'm going over. And again, a lot of this comes comes down to Kemba. Kemba's not going to be the guy that, that he was. Um, even, even when he's out there, I don't think he's going to be able to play with the uh, assertiveness and maybe with the explosion that he did. Um, and I just think, you know, Gordon is the obvious guy to, to step in. And, and again, we talk about only, when you're averaging o- over only eight games, like it could be, it's very easy to imagine there being a game where Gordon ends up playing, you know, shooting maybe 24, 25 times um, and bumps everything way up. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Celtics feel good about him. I think that they feel good about where he's at. Um, and he's another guy that, you know, needs to re- reclaim that rhythm. And he's someone that they think that they should lean on a lot in these first eight games, you know, because you need to eventually. And also because you want him to, to get in that mentality. You want, he's one of those guys that you, it might take a little bit longer for him to get into a rhythm than maybe Tatum and, uh, and Brown. No question. That's what we saw. I think in these first couple of games, rich of the scrimmages where in the first quarter at times you forget he's out there, but then once he gets it going, then the Celtics offense can really get to a different level. And I don't know, Rich, is it a good idea to have a guy shoot more when he's shooting 50% from the field? 
in general? Yeah, I mean, at the same time, right? If, if Marcus isn't out there, he's probably their their best playmaker, right? He's the best that guy they have at creating offense and setting guys up for 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 open shots. Um, so maybe it's just a yeah. I guess it matters on who who he plays with. But yeah, I, would, I would agree with you. You probably want to get your better shooters should shoot more. I right. think I that's, think Brad Stevens. That's one of his uh, that's, <laughs> that's most, one most of controversial tenets. beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it is it is a fine line since you know he he can do it all in terms of playmaking and creating for himself. But I do think that I'm I'm more in favor of especially with how good Smart looked in the pick and roll um, over these first couple games in Orlando. Like kind of give him the reins and let Hayward create off the ball or catch and shoot. Um, you know, it's and that's where it's going to be really important in terms of where who's Hayward playing with when he's not off the starters? Like, who's going to compliment him? Who, where is he going to get his shots? And it seems like Hayward and Brown are going to be paired up a lot, and Tatum and and Kemba are going to be the, the other two that kind of anchor the other bench unit at the start of the second quarter. So um, in that situation, Hayward can kind of have, gets get, get his during those few minutes each half, and get to that 14 number that I'm sure the Celtics would love to see him hit on a nightly basis. Right, and that sort of situation, you'd hope that Gordon would be the first option, obviously him, him or Jalen, but on most nights, you'd be very comfortable with, with Gordon taking the reins um, with that second unit. And a lot of that will come down to, like you said, whether whether those secondary guys, whether Grant, Romeo, and, and Shemi can can consistently hit the three and, and create more space for, for the creators. Um, all right, that's 10. So with that, I'm going to say that uh, sports keep coming back, B-Rob. Have you noticed that? They're back. Except yeah. for the Marlins, you're back. <laughs> yeah, so sports keep coming back, and uh, so is your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball is back for now, and there's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And as sports start to return, BetOnline has sat down with Eddie George, uh, former NFL running back, uh, seven-time NBA champ Robert Ori and Harold, Harold Reynolds from Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it will be like playing with no fans. It's something they've called the fandemic. That'll be interesting, so check that out. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back. Uh, welcome back to sports bonuses. Uh, BetOnline is your online wagering experts. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to wrap up this, this preview pod by going through the, the eight games in this, in this seating process and we're going to transition into that with our friends from betonline.ag and say that they have the over under on Celtics wins over these next eight games at five and a half beer up so uh you know so they probably expect the Celtics to go somewhere between five and three and six and two which is pretty reasonable but um so I think we should go real quick one you know go go through uh one by one and I think it's interesting. It's a lot of psychology involved. It's not really just basketball that we're breaking down here. So it's like game one, tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, Celtics Bucks. On one hand, you have Kemba Walker. Is what's the how many is he, minutes is he going to play? Maybe 20? Eight, 18 to twenty. Eighteen, 18 to, 20 to twenty is the, the number. Um, and obviously on the other side, you got the Bucks, who we don't necessarily know how they're going to play it. Uh, you don't imagine they're going to come out as if this were game one of the regular season. Um, everyone's sort of going to be slow playing it, but do you think the Celtics win this one? I don't. I think they, the Bucks don't need to necessarily fast play to to win anyway. Um, I do wonder about Eric Bledsoe. I know he got to the bubble late, and 
I'll be curious to see if he's close to, you know, to a full men's load or not. But I think it's a close game. I think it's an ugly game as both teams get into it. But, um, yeah, I think the Seas lose that one. Hmm. So I really want to pick the Celtics to win that just because I think that they have more to play for. I think that, you know, but the, the Kemba thing is a bit of a factor. I, I At the end of the day, are you thinking just too much Giannis? I think too much Giannis, and honestly, it doesn't even matter about Giannis. Like, the Bucks bench routinely kicks the crap out of the Celtics over the last couple of years with all their shooting everywhere um, and just their interior defense. So if the Celtics are making threes, they'll win. But if they're at a good rate and, and if they're not, I think uh, the Bucks will have too much firepower. I'm going with the Celtics. I, like I am. I, I I just think it's. I just think a lot of the in- intensity. I think that the one thing I was worrying about is obviously the MVP voting has already been done, right? So there's nothing's yeah. going to be affected. But I think Giannis is a guy who probably does want to come out and prove that he deserves the MVP, even if it's not going to have any bearing. He's going to maybe want to come out and reassert himself as the best player in the league. Um, you forgot that Chris Middleton's the best player in the league against the Celtics. Against the Celtics. Well, that, that's that is one of the biggest sub stories that we're going to have to follow. Is just that is this does that dominance carry over into the bubble? Is it is is is? Because I guess it's because it didn't matter. We can't just say it was at, at in Milwaukee when Middleton was awesome. It was home road. As long as you saw the Celtics on the other side, he was embodying. Uh, I, I don't want to say Michael Jordan. You know, maybe Ray no, Allen meets uh, Michael Jordan. Right. Um, but will it carry over into a fanless bubble? I'm going to say no. I'm saying Celtics take it. All right, let's go to game two here. Sunday afternoon matinee, Celtics, quote-unquote, hosting the Trailblazers. Trailblazers have a lot to play for here, but I still don't think they're very good. Lillard is dealing with some plantar fasciitis, apparently, as well. Mm, that's never um, good. That's not good. Celtics are going to be motivated to win this one if they lose against the Bucks. Uh, Kimba might be able to play a little bit more. I'm going Celtics. So because you know, it's funny, we have the we have the same uh, explanation, but just the exact opposite. Because I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to say because the Celtics are going to beat Milwaukee, I think it's 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 prime for for a letdown a little bit against Portland. Portland has a lot more to play for. I think Nurkic, big man Nurkic, is back and looking good. I think he's a guy that could give the Celtics some some issues. I think that's a game where you're probably going to need Cantor. A little mm-hmm. bit more, um, and yeah, is so they saying is, is Dame at at a risk to not play? Is he just not? No, they. I know they rested him in a scrimmage and said they have. You know, he was looking at. I haven't followed up on how bad it is since then. I imagine he'll play through it because it's like, what what are you what are you waiting for here? Um, if you don't win these games, then you're not gonna have a chance at the playoffs. So right, and I and I, I believe I believe in Skinny Carmelo. I think he <laughs> wants to make one 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 more run. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm gonna say that the Celtics lose to the Blazers. So we both have them at at, at one and one, but just uh, with different wins and losses. Uh, Celtics seat Tuesday night. Celtics take this one. This is a really important game to lock up the three seed, and so I think I expect all their ducks to be in a row for this, and um, they get the win. Yeah, I I I, I think I agree with you. Um, Again, in the Heat, I mean, I, I think the Heat, there are a lot of differing opinions on them. There are people, I mean, obviously, when you talk about pure team, you know, they might be one of the best teams in terms of, like, playing above their talent level. And obviously, Spolstra is one of the, the better coaches, probably top three or four coaches in the NBA. Um, 
and Bam, Bam is a guy who worries me in the bubble. Bam and Jimmy are both guys who worry me a little bit in the bubble in terms of like, I think those guys have the intensity where they're kind of like both kind of Marcus Smart kind of players where it's not going to matter where they're playing, who they're playing in front of, that they're going to take it to the next level. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's a game that the Celtics have to win. You know, maybe that's a game, game three, where Kemba's a little bit geared up to play maybe 25 minutes. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that the Celtics are, are a better team. Uh, so I'll take them. And then the next night, so 8-4, they play the Heat. 8-5, they play Jamal Crawford in the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Kemba will get the night game. off here. It's a sneaky it game. It is a sneaky game. But I do think at this point, even if Kemba taking the night off, the Celtics are still going to... I think there's a decent chance the Celtics lose two of their first three games. Definitely, even, yeah. uh, Despite our predictions. And so this, if that happens, this turns suddenly into... Not a must-win, but a, a useful to win if you want to get rest later. So um, I expect, you know, the Celtics have the personnel to take care of the the team formerly known as the Brooklyn Nets, and I expect them to do that here. Right. I mean, it's classic trap game coming off a big game with probably the biggest game of their of their uh, seeding time up n- next. You know, in two days after this game against the Raptors, you know, easy to be thinking about what happened. Easy to be looking ahead about what to what's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, I just think that the Celtics are just so much better than, than the Nets right now, you know. And they love maybe it's just gonna maybe it's just gonna be the Jamal Crawford show, and that would be fun to watch. But I think when it comes down to it, the Celtics will just have too much firepower, and and again, they're gonna have to. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna constantly be hard to to maintain focus and keep up intensity when they're in the bubble, especially in a game like this. But this is where Brad Stevens is gonna be facing with challenges that he never has before as a coach. Uh, it'll be a test for him, but. You know, I think there's reason to believe he's going to pass it. Um, Raptors. Raptors, this could be an important game for both sides. Uh, five games in, if the Raptors get off to a slow start, the Seas could be knocking on the door of the two seed. I don't expect that to happen, though. I think Toronto will want to try to lock things up early. They have a tough schedule, but they're healthy. Um, and... They're obviously motivated to, um, I think, play what should be a lesser team in the first round in Orlando instead of falling into an any matchup. So uh, I'm going to Philos here. I'm playing the odds. The Celtics, this will probably be a, a toss-up game, I would think. Maybe a slight favorite for the, for the Celtics, but uh, I'm going to go Raptors here. I think I like the Celtics. So I'm looking at the Raptors schedule right now. So they open up against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tough. And then they, then they play the Heat next, and they have Orlando. So like the Celtics, you know, they could very easily be one and two coming into that. And I agree with you that a lot of what happens in those first three games will decide the intent. Oh, interesting. So they're the Celtic. They're they play the Celtics in their fourth game, and the Celtics play the Raptors in their fifth game. Okay. So the Celtics will have uh, an extra game. Oh, I'm gonna, the the site I'm looking at looks like it might be screwed up. So don't take anything I just said. As, uh, <laughs> don't quote me on anything on, on that. Either way, uh, I, I like the Celtics. And I think that, like, you know, as we talked about it all season, for I think most of us, our pick in Celtics versus Raptors came down to who's going to have home home court, right? Probably like right. whoever got the higher seed. Throw that all out. Um, I do think, that, and again, a lot of this depends on what you think about Siakam. He's the kind of guy so easy to forget about how good he was. Um 
does he have the ability to go toe-to-toe with a Jason Tatum? Is he the best player? And I know Lowry's great. Van Fleet is a, terrifying, especially once you get to a playoff series. Um, but is Siakam the, the best player on a contender? Is he that good? Do you think so? I mean, I in the playoffs, I'm going to guess that Lowry is the more imp- impactful player than Siakam, just based off of his track record. Um, but yeah, if, if the Raptors want to get by the Celtics or the Bucks in the playoffs, I think Siakam has to go to that level. He yeah. has to be able to beat out Tatum and maybe not, he won't beat out Giannis, but beat out everyone else in that Bucks team. Yeah, and for, and for that reason, I, that's why I think I'm going to take the Celtics. I just think that I think that that right now, maybe this is crazy, but I want Jason Tatum over Siakam when it comes to to winning time, uh, when it comes to carrying a team. And now we're talk, we're just talking about this one game uh, in a bubble. We're not talking about a playoff series. But if we're going to assume that both these teams are in a position to really want to win this game, I think I'm going to again I'm going to go with Tatum. And also having Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown and an increasingly increasingly. Uh, Spry Kemba Walker. So I'm going Celtics. All right. Let's go to sixth game on Sunday. I demand that we spend no more than 30 seconds on this game. Celtics magic, a real barn burner on Sunday evening. The mat, I guess this could be a, a first round preview if the Celtics are hot at this point and beat that Raptors in the last game and work their way into the second seed. But I mean, nothing really excites me about the the magic. It's a should be a good matchup for the seas, and Orlando should be going home in the first round, no matter who they play. But uh, we'll just say the Celtics win this one. Yeah, although they they didn't play great against the Magic, did they this year? Oh no, they they they, they played better this year. Last year, they uh, the Magic had their number. Okay, the Kyrie blow up came in uh, Orlando. Right. Okay. So yeah, they were two and zero against the Magic this year. I uh, beat them by eleven and by sixteen. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Orlando. Uh, I think that, that after all, after going through the murderer's row of those first five games, um, I think that, that it's prime for a letdown. I think Orlando's probably going to be hungry. They're, they're going to be playing all these games. Like, you know, they, they really have, no, have, have nothing to lose, right? They're, they're just going to be playing hard no. and want to, want to get some rhythm going into the playoffs, build some confidence. Uh, and I think it's going to be easy after everything they went through for the Celtics to, uh, to, to, to look past them. So that's going to be my sneaky loss of the, uh, of, you would think that maybe the, the, the next game would be, but uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Orlando. All right. This is potentially the game of the bubble. Game seven Celtics Grizzlies, huge draft implications, potentially um, probably not to be honest, <laughs> but Memphis, I expect to be much more motivated than the Celtics at this point, since they will be playing, for a playoff spot, essentially, or at least not having to uh, play a playing game to get a playoff spot uh, in the first round, since they're pretty tightly locked into that eighth spot. But at this point, I expect the Celtics to have the three seed locked up. Second seed might be in reach, but I expect Brad Stevens to be prioritizing rest over getting that two seed at this point of the the bubble. So I'm going Grizzlies here. Uh, I am too. Two straight losses for the Celtics. Um, I, I just think, again, it's just going to be hard to match that intensity um, for Memphis. I mean, again, and there is some, uh, some you know, they want, the Celtics would, would like to maybe keep Memphis out of the playoffs. There is some incentive to, to beat them. But 
not so much that you're going to fuck around with any sort of health or anything like that. It's, you know, it's just going to be hard, Ja, and, and, and all those guys are going to be ready to play, even though, I mean, they lost Winslow. Um, yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Like, Winslow, I kind of crapped on that deal from Memphis' perspective when it happened, because I'm like, when's Winslow going to be healthy? And <laughs> the like, to take, on that, to take on that, and the question, the answer is never um, for now. Hopefully he gets healthy by... December it's smart to put him on ice then you know now so you don't potentially lose him for the year but um a guy with a lot of promise that just can't stay on the floor right now yeah no I mean again you don't it's one of those things like for all the all the credit and we did we did all those talks earlier in this in this uh random off season or the little the little break about the best and worst moves of, of Danny Ainge's tenure and we, if we did one the best moves that he didn't make or the worst moves that he didn't make uh, selling the farm for Justice Winslow. That would have hurt. Yeah, yeah. Draws a bit of a bullet there. Um, yeah, so I have a loss there to Washington last game of the season. I'm going to say the Celtics win that. I'm, I don't even know. Maybe can, can Washington leave? What if all their guys <laughs> have to go home before that last game? Who knows who they'll even have going? I just, I just think that they, we, like the Nets are going to be bad, uh, but the the Wizards are just going to be a joke. Uh, and I yes. think the Celtics will win that last game. Even the second unit should be able to take care of whoever's left on the Wizards at that point. You would think so. Um, so. All right, so I'm counting mine up here. I got them at five and three, Rich. So I'm going under five and a half uh, wins. And in, I would be doing the same. Five and three. Uh, five my and three. my losses are uh, Portland, Orlando, and Memphis. And your losses are Milwaukee, Toronto. Toronto and, and Memphis. Memphis. I think it would be better. I mean, mine obviously have, have shittier losses, but I think mine would be the more inspiring sure. reality. Yes. Clearly wins over the Bucks and Raptors would be better. <laughs> wins over the, the Bucks and Raptors would be encouraging, more encouraging than wins over the uh, Magic and Blazers. Um, but it's almost here, Rich. Just got a little over... 30 hours away as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, but we should be back pretty regularly uh, during once these games are up, we're going to be trying to roll out some quick reaction pods for you guys after some of the bigger matchups coming in play for the next uh, couple weeks. So be on the lookout on your feeds for that. Uh, Give us some feedback at winning plays pod on Twitter at rich underscore Levine at Brian T. Robb, uh, check out stuff at bostonsportsjournal.com as well. We'll have a ton of preview stuff there in the next couple of days. And, yeah, happy happy NBA basketball, Rich. We're yes, here. happy NBA basketball to everyone. We've made it. And let's hope uh, it's here for at least the next. Shit, what's crazy is when the, like, there's not going to be a break now until, I think, the end of the next finals. There's no yeah, more NBA offseason <laughs> until next summer. It's the off season will be just free agency and then there won't just be the quiet one. So yeah. it'll go straight to madness to back to training camp. So should be fun. Uh, come along for the ride. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes and a review on there as well. We very much appreciate those. They help a ton. And in the meantime, we'll catch you guys soon. <laughs>